New studies are in. New science has emerged on the coronavirus. Here's the latest. The virus very likely started in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in the lab in China. China may have unleashed the virus intentionally, may not have been an accident. People who had the virus very likely don't need the vaccine because they are very likely immune for life. And the masks very likely did absolutely nothing. In other words, your uneducated conservative uncle who doesn't have very many degrees, but he's got a lot of common sense, was right about everything, very likely. And the genius experts in big tech, in the media, in the scientific establishment, with lots of fancy degrees and very serious lab coats, were very likely wrong about everything. But hey, at least we just let them shut down the world. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Coming to you live from a hotel room in South Dakota. So bear with us if there are some technical issues. My favorite comment from yesterday is from Archetype Goto, who says, he's responding, I guess, to Joe Biden's ATF nominee, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, says, what is a particularly lethal gun, phrase used by this nominee? Are there guns designed to tickle people? No, but you've hit on the point. When the left criticizes guns for being lethal, they're criticizing guns for doing what guns are supposed to do. But they don't think that guns should exist at all. And they don't, certainly don't think we should have them. So they say, if we're going to have guns, they better not be lethal. Well, then what's the point of having the gun? doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Somebody who uses that kind of term as a criticism uh, probably should not keep his job. And if you need to replace somebody, if you need to hire the best people, go check out ZipRecruiter. If you're a business owner, what's your most important investment? Is it the printer? Is it the fax machine? Do people still have fax machines? No, it's the people, of course. It's hiring. And when you're hiring, I know, I mean, we've done it a lot at The Daily Wire. Sometimes finding the right person is like finding a needle in a haystack, unless you use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter makes it really easy. Head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. When you post on ZipRecruiter, your position gets sent out to a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but it's not just throwing spaghetti at the wall. They will use their incredible matching technology to go out and actively find you candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Think about how long it takes to hire. Don't forget, time is money. I mean, this is your business, especially these days. We've got thin margins, right? No wonder over 2.3 million businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, and I hate that. I mean, even if I get like texts at the same time, I think I can't handle this, right? Use ZipRecruiter. It's so simple. They'll give you exactly what you are looking for, the needle in the haystack. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. What's that web address? ZipRecruiter.com slash K-N-O-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I need to go through this evidence right now before the fact checkers not only take me off of the internet, but also bust down my door and arrest my family. Because you know, the, I mean, we just made four really big claims that contradict basically everything that these geniuses have told us for the past year, the, the most important aspects of this virus, and yet turns out we were right the whole time and the experts were wrong. First one, this claim that the virus did not start in a lab. You remember this? Now, a year ago, more than a year ago now on this show and on Verdict with Ted Cruz, our, our other show, we pointed out that it seemed like a little too much of a coincidence that the coronavirus that was associated with bats that then became very transmissible to humans, just so happened to be discovered in this wet market that was um, 400 yards away from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where they study bat coronaviruses. Isn't that a little, that's a little weird, isn't it? So we said, it seems pretty clear to me that the Institute had something to do with the virus. If you made this claim on Facebook, it would be taken down. You, you could have penalties on your account for this. This was a debunked conspiracy theory. All the really smart, fancy fact-checking websites shut this down. No way, you kook, you crazy. Oh, wait a second. Now, Joe Biden is ordering an intelligence review of this debunked possibility that it originated in the lab. That's very strange that Joe Biden is doing this because Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State under Trump, already had this investigation going. The Trump the, the Biden State Department, rather, shut down that investigation, but then the evidence became so undeniable 
you had researchers in the Wuhan Institute who were, who were becoming infected with this months before we were told the, the virus broke out into the public. These reports leaked. So now all of a sudden Biden's got to do an about face. And now Facebook's got to unban the undebunked claim that it started in the lab. Number two, and this one is really controversial. About a year ago, more than a year ago, we said, you know, China is an evil country. <laughs> they got an evil government and they hide lots of things. And we know that they work on biological weapons. Maybe this wasn't an accident. And if you made that claim, oh my goodness gracious, you were silenced, you were muzzled. Now, I'm not saying that we know for certain that the, the virus was released intentionally by the government. I'm not even saying it's likely. I'm just saying it's possible. And it's not just me saying it anymore. It is the White House through the new press, she's not the new press secretary, but she's the deputy press secretary who held the briefing yesterday. She was asked, are you, now that you're changing your story on everything regarding this virus, are you still standing by the claim that we know for certain that China did not release this intentionally? Here's her answer. Another question on uh, COVID. Uh, the language that you all use specifically mentioned an accident. Does that mean that uh, you've ruled out or the IC has ruled out that it was uh, deliberate or not an accident? We haven't ruled out anything yet. Um, again, we're going to go through this, you know, this redoubling down of another of a 90 day review and we'll have more to share. We haven't ruled out anything yet. That's not true. You guys ruled this out a year ago, more than a year ago. The left they were out of office, mercifully, at that time. But through the media, through big tech, through the scientific experts, they totally ruled that out a year ago. So now you're saying we're not, well, we're not, we don't want to rule anything out. That's a pretty big change in your story. What would lead you to say that? This woman, I don't have her name. Uh, she's filling in for Jen Psaki, whose name I only fairly recently learned. Uh, but th this woman is a black woman. And the way this was being reported in the press yesterday, I kid you not, they said uh, so-and-so, Again, her name escapes me. So-and-so made history yesterday as the second woman to host a White House press briefing. I thought, gosh, you guys know less about history than you do about science. <laughs> it's not history when you're the second person to do something. I, you know, I remember that day four years ago, 2017, when I made history as the third Daily Wire podcast host. It wasn't that was so historic. What a historic day. A slight digression. So here, here we go. There's the first two claims. Virus likely started in the lab. China may have unleashed it intentionally. Third claim. Oh, now we're going to get in trouble. The people who had the virus very likely do not need the vaccine because people would have antibodies. Now we're told we have no idea how long the vaccine will be effective. People might need booster shots. And I've told you, I've told you from day one, that I'm in no rush to get this vaccine. Why? Well, I strongly suspect I had the virus already and I'm in a relatively statistically young, healthy age group. And so uh, there's no real risk from the virus for me. There are for other groups, but not really for people like me. Doesn't mean I can't get it. Doesn't even mean I can't die from it. But just looking at the numbers, things are looking in my favor. New study out, even a mild case of COVID-19 can create antibodies that could give you a lifetime of protection from the virus. Quote, months after recovering from mild cases of COVID-19, people still have immune cells in their body pumping out antibodies against the virus that causes COVID-19, according to researchers at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, which is a very good school. Uh, this, this is now being reported in study finds. Such cells could persist for a lifetime, churning out antibodies all the while. Studies findings were published Monday in the journal Nature. So these are serious studies from serious universities being published in a well-respected journal. But you've got to get the, you got to get the vaccine. Even if you're young and healthy, even if you've had the virus, well, not according to the science, not according to the study, just get it, get the jab, get the, get the vaccine. I don't think so. The vaccine, there's nothing going on with the vaccine, no risk whatsoever. Well, actually we'll get into some reports later coming out of Connecticut that we mentioned briefly on the show yesterday that suggest, well, maybe, you know, in rare, ca rare cases, there could be a problem. And the argument for young people getting it seems to be falling apart by the day. And then, oh man, this is, this is a really bad one. Oh, this one, if I'm still on YouTube somehow, this one's going to get me taken down. I have been saying from the beginning, I'm actually saying what Dr. Fauci said from the beginning, namely that the masks as a medical device do virtually nothing to stop a pandemic. I'm not saying they do nothing when surgeons wear them in certain cases. I'm saying that when a bunch of people wearing filthy cloth on their face doesn't do anything to stop an epidemic. I've been told by the big tech censors, I cannot say that. Well, what if I'm reading a study 
What if I'm reading the first ecological study of state mask mandates? I'm looking at their data and I'm, I'm noticing that they find that widespread mask wearing likely did not slow the spread of COVID-19. This is a study conducted by the University of Louisville uh, using data from the Centers for Disease Control and, and Prevention, right? So this is the CDC, found that 80% of U.S. states mandated masks during the COVID-19 pandemic. And while, quote, mandates induced greater mask compliance, right, the mandates did get people to wear the mask more, they did not predict lower growth rates when community spread was low or high. So yes, the mask mandates are, are quite good at getting people to wear the masks, unless you're a curmudgeonly conservative like me and you, and then you wear it below your nose and you do all sorts of things. Sometimes you don't wear it at all. But the mask mandates didn't do very much to slow the spread because the masks don't do anything, according to this study, to slow the spread. The study found, quote, mask mandates and use are, and use are not associated with lower SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 spread among U.S. states. Our findings do not support the hypothesis that COVID transmission rates decrease with greater public mask use, according to the study. Now, what do the masks? The masks do something. According to these researchers, masks, quote, may promote social cohesion as rallying symbols during a pandemic, but risk compensation can also occur. In other words, the masks have one use. They are effective at doing one thing, acting as a political symbol, but they have no medical use or scientific use in the public during a pandemic. In other words, I hate to put too fine a point on this. You know how much I hate to say it. It kills me to say this sort of thing. I was right about everything. <laughs> I was right. And so were you. So were you. Because I know that you guys were almost to a person on the correct side of this issue. And the experts and the geniuses and the squishy conservatives and the follow the science people were dead wrong about everything. And by the way, now that everyone's changing their tune, now that Facebook's changing its tune, now that Biden's changing its tune, you're going to hear, well, you know, at the time, it made, it made a lot of sense to follow this. No, it didn't. It never did. They were always wrong. And we were always right. And you know what's going to happen tomorrow when the scientific establishment or Joe Biden or the media or big tech, I'm repeating myself, they're all the same blob, when they tomorrow make some other stupid claim without any basis in reality, and when we contradict that claim tomorrow, when your conservative uncle who doesn't have a bunch of fancy degrees, you know what's going to happen? They're still going to call us a bunch of idiots, and they're still going to go listen to Dr. Fauci. They're not going to learn a damn thing, but you should. We were right. <laughs> they were wrong. We should take that lesson into the future the next time they sell us a bunch of propaganda. Have I made my point clear? I think so. I think I have. Gosh, I feel so, I'm so invigorated. Just makes me want to go work out. And when you want to go work out, I would recommend checking out Beachbody. Summer's around the corner. You know what that means? That means that it's time to start looking hot, sexy, and fit. I can't wait. I'm getting my Beachbody ready. I'm doing it with Beachbody. Beachbody On Demand offers 1,500 at-home workouts plus nutrition plans. They've got P90X. You remember P90X, Insanity, the 21-Day Fix. Well, this is the company behind that. Uh, they've got some really great new programs. They've got Muscle Burns Fat. They've got 80-Day Obsession. They've got celebrity super trainers like Tony Horton, Joel Freeman, Autumn Calabrese, and Michael Knowles. No, that's not, that's not, that's false advertising. I will not be training you. You would not want to see that happen. You can view the workouts on your computer, on your smart TV, on your tablet, on your smartphone, on your Roku, on your Apple TV. You, you can view them basically anywhere, and listeners to this show can try it for free. Do it. Just do it right now. Get in shape. Feel good. Shed those pounds. 2020, mercifully, is behind us. It's a new year, which means it's time to get into shape. To get a special free trial, no obligation membership, text Knowles, Canada to 303030. You go text that right now. You'll get access to the entire platform, all the workouts, nutrition information, and support absolutely free. 303030. That's right. Text Knowles, Canada to 303030. The science is changing. The data are changing. And it turns out that the data, the science and the data now are starting to support what anybody with two brain cells to rub together and a modicum of common sense knew a year ago on the lockdowns, on the masks, on the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and the Chinese communists, at least covering this up. And even according to the Biden administration, even possibly 
unleashing this virus intentionally. And yet, you think, do you think Biden's going to change course? Do you think in terms of the day-to-day nitty-gritty of the COVID lockdowns and the COVID agenda, do you think they're going to change course? No. No, actually. There's a study out that suggests that people who've had the virus just don't, don't need the vaccine. They've got immunity. They've got the antibodies. No, they're not going to change course. Joe Biden just went on the YouTube channel of Manny Mua. Can't say he's one of the channels I subscribe to. He's some eccentric leftist YouTuber. He went on there with Dr. Fauci and they made the point, still in their view, that it is not just important that you get the shot, no matter how old you are, no matter your risk group. It's not just preferable. It is your obligation to get the vaccine. There's a lot of rumors that are going around that young and healthy people don't need to get the vaccine. You should save it for people who are a little bit older. What do you guys think about that? Both of your guys' thoughts. They are not exempt from getting serious illness. So you want to protect the youngsters, be they adolescents, be they young children, you want to protect them. There's no doubt about it. But then there's also the responsibility that you have of not being part of spreading the infection throughout the community. So you almost want to take what I call a societal responsibility. Protecting children also protects society. I think it's an obligation, an obligation to help your fellow man, an obligation to make sure that even if it's only a small percentage possibility that you could be a carrier of and spread the disease, that you have an obligation. You have an obligation, they say. There's a point about this that is going to be missed if you're only listening to what they're saying, if you only listened to the interview with Manny Mua. Namely, Biden and Fauci are framed in the shot on video as priests. They are. You can see it. Go go watch the video later. Dr. Fauci is sitting in front of a table that looks like an altar in front of lamps that look like crucifixes. They do. And there are no mistakes in Hollywood, okay? There are no, very, very few. When people set up a shot, they are doing it to convey a message to you. And when you look at Fauci in the close-up with the blurry background behind him, the, the two lamps, I suspect were selected for a reason, look at like crucifixes on an altar because Dr. Fauci is the high priest of progressivism. Joe, Joe Biden too. They're not making a scientific point here. They're pretty open about that. They say, look, you know, the science and the, the risk groups and the demographic groups and this. They're making a political and a social. And it, it's your ethical obligation. It's your social obligation. Joe Biden, it's, it's social, it's moral, it's religious. These guys are our self-appointed religious leaders in the religion of secular progressivism. And again, you know how much I hate to tell you I told you so, but gave a speech about this months ago. That is what this is really coming down to. So is it your obligation? Do you have to do it? Do you, let's say you're a healthy young person, 22 years old, young, virile man, do you need to go get the vaccine? Well, there might be some risk. I know we're not allowed to say that there's risk. I know we're going to get taken off YouTube for this, but I'm just, I'm just reading the headlines. Yesterday, I said, you know, I'm hearing some reports that there are rare cases, granted, uh, some, some issues with this vaccine. I've heard anecdotes from friends of mine who got the vaccine and had some heart issues, had to go see the doctor. The doctors don't want to say that it's because of the vaccine, but they have cautioned these people, I'm just speaking anecdotally, to maybe not get the second dose. They're not willing to say it's the vaccine, but maybe watch out. Maybe don't get that second dose. Well, some people have actually come out and said maybe this is because of the vaccine. In Connecticut, relatively small state, 18 cases of heart inflammation in uh, after COVID-19 vaccination. Here's the headline. Connecticut has seen 18 cases of heart inflammation after COVID-19 vaccination, but doctors say teens and young adults should still get the shot. Why? Why should they? Because of the ethical and moral and religious responsibility. Well, first of all, I don't look to Dr. Fauci, a liar, a guy who has repeatedly lied to the public. I don't look to him for my moral and religious advice. What's going on? You've seen multiple people, a lot of men, but some women too, who are contracting inflammation of the heart, myocarditis. 
Well, Michael, how many zillions of people have been vaccinated? You know, come on, 18 cases, that's nothing. Yeah, sure. I mean, 18 cases are what we're hearing about right now. Michael, we don't know that it's linked to the vaccine. That's true. Just, it's just the CDC is looking into it. So, you know, there's some evidence, I think, that it might have something to do with the vaccine. But furthermore, let's say it's 18 people in the whole, it's not, it's more than that, but let's say it's 18 people in the whole country. If there is any risk whatsoever that I'm going to contract this rare uh, complication, inflammation of the heart in otherwise healthy young people, then why would I do it? Particularly if I've already had the virus, particularly if I have the antibodies, which the other studies show give you, may, may very likely give you immunity for life. Why would I do it? Because Fauci says so. Well, what's Fauci's argument? Fauci's argument is he said so. <laughs> That's his whole argument. He says, it's social, it's ethical, it's, we, no. How about we use our prudence? We're not allowed to use our prudence. We're told prudence, it's not a virtue. It's actually, it's a vice. It's prejudice. It's an irrational prejudice. Just do what the experts say, even if the experts contradict themselves every other day. Remember, your, your kooky uncle with a good hunch was right about everything. And Dr. Fauci, who's got all the degrees and all the experts in the science, was wrong about everything. Let that inform your decision-making moving forward. You know, thankfully, some people are taking political power back. When Dr. Fauci takes all that political power, and when the left establishment wants to give it to him, it's part of the progressive project. Take the political power away from the people, give it to the bureaucrats and the technocrats. Woodrow Wilson spelled it out more than 100 years ago. While that is happening right now, some Republicans are taking the power back. I love this story out of Idaho. The lieutenant governor of Idaho just signed an executive order banning mask mandates. Not too far from me here in South Dakota, I think. I don't, I actually don't really know. I'm not, I'm not an expert on geography, but I, it's, got, it's probably somewhat close, is it? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, well, I'll look at a map later on. How does the lieutenant governor sign an executive order? She's not the governor. Well, because the governor <laughs> was out of town <laughs> for, for a little bit. This lieutenant governor was temporarily raised up to, to governor to deal with issues in the state. When this happens, 99 times out of 100 or more, the lieutenant governor doesn't really do anything, just there in case anyone needs, anyone needs him or her. But this lieutenant governor said, oh, I'm governor? Awesome. I'm going to start signing some, some executive orders. So she signs this order, says, quote, today, as acting governor of the state of Idaho, I signed an executive order to protect the rights and liberties and businesses by prohibiting the state and its political subdivisions, including public schools, from imposing mask mandates in our state. Love the Janice McGeechan. Am I, I'm probably mispronouncing that. So then the governor comes back and they say, did you guys plan this? And the governor says, no, I didn't know she was going to do this. But it puts him in an impossible situation, it really backs him into a corner. What's he going to do? Is he going to re rescind the executive order? Then he looks like a squish. Then he looks like a lib. No. By the way, this woman, Janice, has said that she's going to run for governor next go around, whether he runs or not. So he knows that he's got a political threat from her. I love it. But Michael, that's not orderly. That's not, that's not respectable. That's, come on, we've got to, we've got to be, we've got to lose with dignity. Nope, that's not what this woman's doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. Great, great stuff. We need to take power this sort this way. What she did, totally legal, totally smart, totally effective. Highly doubt he's going to rescind that mask mandate. Now he's trying to get on the right side of it. He said, we never had, or that anti-mask mandate. He said, we never had mask mandates in Idaho. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, now you're not gonna, right? Unless you rescind the order. We're getting a lot of good news on the political front, as a matter of fact. The leader of Black Lives Matter, I'm sorry, that's not, the leader of BLM, which used to stand for Black Lives Matter. Now it stands for By Large Mansions. You'll remember Patrice Cullors, co-founder of BLM. She's been in some hot water in recent years for a video that leaked in which she said, we are trained Marxists. That's what we are trained in. So she's in, that didn't get her into too much trouble because her supporters are totally fine with that. Uh, she got into trouble because she spent a bunch of money buying up nice mansions in Los Angeles and elsewhere. She de de defended it, defended it, BLM defended it, defended it. Cer certain BLM subgroups got a little angry because they said, hold on, give us a little taste. Give us a little piece of the action. That woman is stepping down. You know, 
when you want to relax, when you want, you step away from your duties all day, you know a great way to do it? A cigar, a delicious cigar. I was up very late last night in South Dakota with the wonderful Young America's Foundation smoking cigars. We had a great time. If you want great cigars, go check out Thompson. Christmas came early. Christmas came in May this year because the other day I come home. You know, I see my little kid. I kiss my kid on the head. See sweet little Lisa. She goes, Mac, do you know what's on the table over there? Your latest order from Thompson Cigar. And I drop my baby. Not, not, not on the ground, thankfully. I go and I get the new Stogies. I've been a, I've been a customer of Thompson Cigar for 15 year, more than 15 years now. They just have the best stuff. I ordered two of my own sampler pack. In my sampler pack, the Knoll sampler pack right now, just one of those cigars costs like 40 or even 50 bucks retail. I've seen it. Some guy just wrote into me the other day. With my sampler pack, you get not only that cigar, but four other incredible top shelf cigars, all for less than 40 bucks. I, I am ordering my own sampler. I'm using my own supply. You should too. Really great stuff. Thompson's got insane deals on everything though. I ordered a box of another type of cigar. Really terrific stuff. Right now our listeners get 15% off orders over 75 bucks or 20% off orders over 99 bucks. So just order multiple samplers. That's what I'm doing. You, the savings are insane. Uh, you got to use promo code Knowles when you're ready to check out. Uh, if, if you want to check out my sampler, go to thompsoncigar.com slash Knowles. That's the only way to get on over there. So go to T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N cigar.com slash Knowles. Before we get to the mailbag, I've got to revel. I've got to dance in Patrice Colors being booted from BLM. So when we covered this story, whenever it broke a month or two ago, Oh, the left, they all downplayed it. Oh, it's not a big deal. This is totally justified. Patrice Cullors, she said, I haven't taken money directly from BLM, which is, I think, basically true, but it's a little too clever by half. She might not have taken money out of the debit card, you know, from, from the BLM account, but she has a bunch of little shell companies and she uses them as an extortion artist to local governments, to companies, to get money from them through the cause of BLM. And she's become a very wealthy woman doing it. So now she's announced, just yesterday, that she is stepping down from the organization, which comes as she and the organization have faced widespread criticism over not just the violent riots, she's happy about those. She's facing criticism for the corruption, for the extortion here. Very glad. We need to hold these people's feet to the fire. It's not cancel culture. I guess she's getting canceled, whatever. If that's what cancel culture is, sign me up. I'm all for it. We need to wield political power effectively. We need to wield executive orders effectively. I know there's this old, old idea. It's not that old. I mean, this is something that cropped up, I guess, in the last 20 years of, of conservatism. And it's really atrophied us. It's, it's pushed by the squishes. You know the guys I'm talking about. The guys who suggest that, uh, you know, drag queen story hour is a blessing of liberty. You know, sometimes these guys are called the French Davidians. <laughs> it's like the guys in Waco, you know, the, the French Davidians, there, there are these guys who don't want to wield political power, okay? Older conservatives understood this. I was just speaking at YAF last night about how William F. Buckley Jr., the urbane, very respectable founder of the post-war conservative movement, cheered on McCarthyism for a long, long time. And even when he started to criticize McCarthy, he still broadly defended the McCarthyist project. It's good. We, we do need to do that. We need to do it in Idaho. We need to do it on the mask mandate. We need to do it by booting radicals out of the public square, whether that's the leaders of the BLM terror organization or whether that is, and I, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic when I say that. Michael, not all the protests were violent. I'm not saying all the protests were violent, but the organization has, is explicitly calling for the overthrow of society, right? They're, the overthrow of the cisgender Western family structure, for goodness sakes. They are, I think, tacitly endorsing this political violence. And in some cases, it's explicit when Maxine Waters calls for riots or when, when Kamala Harris bails the BLM rioters out of jail, the violent people out of jail. That is something we need to end. Got to get it. When Nicole Hannah-Jones is not offered a job at a university, good, good stuff. Love that. Speaking of BLM, there's a story on BLM I want to take from a slightly different angle than we usually do. This is a radio host who is a... a radio host in New York. She had gone on the air one day, probably many days, and said, F the police, F the police. Typical sort of thing you would hear from BLM or from the radical left. And then hours later, she kills a police officer in her car. Take a listen. I will see you guys next Monday. 
at 6 p.m. back here on face of reality radio on the instagram and on the facebook and until then the police until then that's like her sign off right and then hours later this 32 year old woman jessica beauvais uh hit hit a police officer a highway officer in her volkswagen he was redirecting traffic and she killed him why did she kill him did she target him because he was a cop no i don't think there's evidence of that but she was hammered. She was drunk and high in the studio. She drank a lot. She admitted to this, to drinking a bunch, to smoking a bunch of pot. And then, totally impaired, she kills this guy. She killed Anastasios Tsakos, 43, father of a six-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. He was redirecting traffic after a separate fatal car accident, and she hit and killed him. And you know what her reaction was? This direct quote, why did my first accident have to be a cop? Not that I wanted it to be someone else, but F, I've been driving since I was 16 and haven't hit as much as a pothole. Fairly callous and selfish response. But put all that aside for a sec. She was probably still drunk and high at the time. I, I don't see any evidence that this woman was aiming at a cop. I mean, she's saying, gosh, why did I, why did I do this? It's going to ruin her life. The, the reason I bring it up is not to say this is a terrible woman. I mean, she did terrible things. If you get super drunk and high and then get behind the wheel, you are endangering people. But I, I mention it to bring up what she said on the show. F the police. That's probably the last thing that people are going to remember. Probably the first thing and the last thing people are going to remember about this woman. And I wonder if she's got any conscience in her whatsoever. How that's going to go through her head. She's going to remember that she killed this guy, father of young kids, because of her irresponsibility. And the last thing that she said was F the police. Not good stuff, guys. Not good stuff. You do not want to have these sorts of regrets from a purely selfish standpoint even. You do not want to live with this kind of stuff on your conscience, whether it's acting irresponsibly and then hurting somebody or whether it's even just saying a, a cruel, vicious thing and then God forbid, you know, somebody dies, someone goes away and that's the last thing that you're going to remember. You don't want to live like that, okay? I, I joke about it sometimes when I get uh, fan mail from the radical left get a fair bit of it. I got one yesterday on Instagram from some gal and it was this sort of vile stream of insults and really mean things. And I responded and I said, uh, I don't respond to many messages, but I did see it. It popped up and I said, imagine saying this to a perfect stranger. Imagine what it takes to go a perfect stranger and you go and you write these vile things. And she had a good response. She said, I don't need to imagine it. <laughs> and I, said, I said, that was a softball, you know, but touche, touche. That was a funny answer. But the, the reason that I respond, kind of, I just laugh these things off, is because I don't, I don't want the last thing that I have said to, to somebody to be something vile. Not even just for them, not even just because it's, you know, that's the wrong thing to do. That's going to be on my conscience. That will sully me. That will degrade me. So I don't want to do it. We do these things sometimes. You lose your temper or whatever. You know, it gets the best of you. But one wants to avoid it, not, not just for the moral order, but because it's, uh, it's in your own interest too. You need to fight back against these sorts of radicals. You can fight back without degrading yourself. Here's a great way that someone is doing it right now. A Daily Caller reporter is suing Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. Daily Caller News Foundation and Judicial Watch are suing Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot for discrimination because she refused an interview to her reporter, not to her reporter, to a, a Daily Caller reporter, Thomas Katnachi. Katnachi, you'll note, sounds a little bit like my people, you know, the Italian people. But Lori Lightfoot said she's only going to grant interviews to brown and black reporters. And I know the Italians are pretty swarthy. All right, we've occupied a sort of interesting racial space throughout history. Uh, but he's not black enough for her, so he was denied the report. This is discrimination. He should sue her. This is good. I like this. I like that. But it's a threat. It's outrageous. We shouldn't be. No, it's good. Good to exercise our rights this way. Lori Lightfoot should be canceled. That's a very good thing. Uh, we, we cannot tolerate this kind of stuff, this rank bigotry. Well, j let's just go along to get it. Let's, let's just only talk about tax cuts and regulatory reform. I had a bunch of squishes blow up my mentions on Twitter <laughs> to, to this effect. M misinterpreting many comments I've made. Ob obtusely, I, I, you know, in, in a way that might be sort of disingenuous. 
as if to say that I, I don't think we should cut taxes, as if to say I don't think we should reform regulations. Yeah, we should do that. Those are all, that's all well and good. I like a good tax cut much as the next guy. But that's not the only thing we should be doing. And I think a lot of so-called conservatives, but they're in the squish camp, they focus only on those issues because they want to be liked, you know. They want, they'll, yo, I'm just a quirky conservative. I just want to cut regulations or whatever. That's totally cool. But on any controversial issue, on any issue that really threatens the liberal regime, they go silent or they go impotent, or in some cases, they support the, the left outright. They vote for Democrats in crucial elections, that sort of thing. That's not, that's not going to, that's not going to help us fight back, Okay. That's not, they're going to, they're the ones who are going to criticize your crazy uncle and say, oh, follow the science. Come on. I'm not, I'm a conservative, but I'm not one of those conservatives. Well, guess what? One of those conservatives, your crazy uncle who called all these things, he was right the whole time. When you are hanging out, when you're chilling, when you're trying to relax, the weekends, long weekends coming up, that's great. You can watch more shows. It's a great time to watch more shows. You can check out Ben Shapiro's new series, Debunked. Every Saturday, an audio episode of Debunked will be dropping. You can get the full 10 episodes of the first season over at dailywire.com if you're a member. If you're not a member, we'll become one. You get 20% off today with code DEBUNKED, only while the discount lasts. Uh, on tomorrow's podcast episode, he's going to take on Biden's COVID lies. So this will, you're going to get a lot of that. You obviously did get a lot of that today. Uh, ben will be going into a bit also tomorrow. If you sign up now, by the way, as a Daily Wire member with code VIP. So that's another code. You'll also get 20% off your new membership. You'll also be automatically entered for a chance to win a trip for two to the Daily Wire studios to see Candace live. Candace, not just the show, Candace, but also Candace Owens. This deal will end on Memorial Day. So go check it out. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code VIP for 20% off. We will be right back with the mailbag. First question up in the mailbag from Matthew. Mr. Knowles, since controlling words is controlling minds, do I get, do we get a ding for that? No, okay, good. I don't, I don't know because we didn't say the first part. The book is called Speechless though. Speechless, controlling words, controlling minds, available now for pre-order. You can get it everywhere. Thank you to those who pre-ordered. Can we drop the gun in gun violence and instead call it either just violence or violence using a firearm? much like dropping biological from biological man to refer to a man. Thank you. Uh, perhaps, I mean, I, I do think there is some utility in knowing there is a difference between shooting somebody and stabbing somebody and punching someone in the head using a club. Na here's one difference. More people die every year from clubs and bats and that sort of thing than from any sort of rifle, including the AR-15. So, uh, but, but I think your point is well taken. Why are we only concerned with gun violence? Why are we not concerned with bat violence, knife violence? In countries that ban guns, what happens? You see a spike in knife violence. So yeah, I think that, that's a good point. Uh, the reason we need to drop biological from biological male is because it suggests that there's some other kind of male. You know, there's a, there are non-biological males. No, there's not. It's just dudes. Okay, it's dudes and chicks. That's what there is. But there are different types of violence, and I think we should focus on it. And even on the gun issue, we should we should not take the left's bait. They always want to say, look, we got to talk about not just violence, but gun violence, not just gun violence, but the scariest gun, the AR-15. The AR-15 is involved in statistically just about no killings per year. Very, very few. Pistols are involved in a lot of killings, but the AR-15s are the big scary weapon that the mean white male Republicans use, and pistols are what gangsters in Chicago use. So it, it, that undermines the left's narrative on guns and race and justice, so they don't want to talk about it. But I, th I think we actually could talk about it. I think that distinction is worth having. Question up from Adriano. Adriano, what a good name. Hello, my name is Adriano. I know it's, it's, right, it's written right there. I'm looking for some advice here from a fellow Italian Catholic. About 10 years ago, my then girlfriend, now wife, got raped by a guy and had an abortion to deal with the trauma. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, we were tight on money, going through a rough time, and we're honestly just miserable after what happened. Yeah, of course, of course you would be. We uh, have since gone through therapy, gone through confession, gotten married, and had some kids. We've become very emotional over the fact that this year would be the baby's 10th year alive. And we threw that away for nothing. Wow. I've been finding myself having nightmares and crying, which is not normal. On top of this, my kids found out about the incident from another family member. Do you have advice? Because honestly, anything would be good right now. Here's my advice. St. Paul was a murderer. I had a guy who was pretty, uh, pretty mobbed up. You know, he was a bit of a gangster in New York. 
now he's a total born-again Christian, goes to Mass every single day. He, uh, he said that to me once. We were talking about his story, and he said, you know, St. Paul was a murderer. Whoa, heavy stuff, man. St. Paul was a murderer, and he uh, helped to seed the church, one of the key figures in doing that. Uh, I'm glad I've never gone through what you've gone through. I, I hope that I wouldn't have, uh, you know, done it, but certainly the temptation would have been there, and at other periods of my life, I certainly would have done it. If I, during my atheist years, oh, I think I probably would have. I would have come to regret it, just like you're regretting it, but uh, yeah, probably. I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people experience this regret, and you're seeing it right now, because you can you imagine how crazy it is? You got basically the worst thing ever happens to your wife, and to you also, and you do this thing, and then 10 years later, you're regretting that your wife didn't have her rapist's child. Why? Why? Because you recognize, you can see it, it's undeniable, that that baby is a baby. But if you asked anybody what you did, is that understandable? Everybody would say, it's, it's understandable, of course. But now you've come to regret that too. We all have regrets, pal. Everybody's got a past. Uh, some things are worse than others, no, no doubt about it. But You've, you've confessed. Right? You've received absolution, I take it. You've got to be willing to accept that, too. You, you do have. I mean, it is, it's not just a feeling, right? And in our faith, it's not just like, well, I think it's kind of a subjective feeling. It's a fact, all right? This is an incarnational faith with real sacraments that really do confer forgiveness and really do confer graces. And so you have received that. And, you know, there are temporal effects of sin, and you're dealing with some of these. Uh, but... <laughs> not all the saints started well, but they all ended well. It's a line from St. John Vianney. And some of them started off really bad. Some of them did very bad things and things they came to regret. But uh, where are you now and where are you going? I, uh, I will pray for you and your wife and the, and the daughter and, and that, you, uh, that you'll accept absolution and forgiveness and uh, you know, go on and have a good life. From Brian. I came out to my family about my sexuality recently. I revealed to them that I'm a gender-rigid, half-bisexual, half-bisexual, that's me. Gender, man, what a great line. My pronouns are, I'm not such a towering, rabid, malignant narcissist that I expect the rules of the English language to change to accommodate me and my unique identity. They don't seem receptive to my new identity. Do you think they're being unreasonable? Thanks. Yes, they are. They are being very intolerant and very close-minded. And I say this, I guess I'll come out right now on the show too. I say this as a gender-rigid, half-bisexual myself. Uh, don't worry, it gets better. It gets better, okay? You are seen. You are heard. And your pronouns, I, that's a beautiful pronoun. I love that. Not being a malignant narcissist. Wow, it's a great pronoun. <laughs> My best to you and your family. I hope they, I hope they can come around. From Hannah. Hey, Michael, just heard about the people calling out to people on the streets asking if they identify themselves as Jewish or not. You've seen this in Los Angeles and New York. People, pro-Palestinian lunatics will run up and say, are you Jewish? And I'll beat the hell out of them. As a fellow Catholic, I'm wondering if we would be denying Christ if someone like that called out for Christians to identify themselves and we just ignored them. My gut says to be silent and walk on. But where is the line between apostasy, denial of Christ, and just keeping your nose to the ground? Well, yeah, I would not recommend denying Christ. I think it's a bad idea. St. Peter did it three times. And uh, he came to regret that and weep bitterly. And, but then, you know, he turned it around and uh, made amends. If some guy is screaming at you on the street, you do not owe that person a response, especially if you're walking with your family or something like that. If you're walking alone, if you're, if you're a guy, I mean, then maybe you'd be a little more confrontational. However, if somebody comes up to you and really directly asks this question, you've got to give an answer. You know, you're, it's just not... You, if you really find yourself in a situation where you would be denying Christ tacitly or explicitly, I would not deny it. There was that scene years ago of the Copts, the Coptic Christians, who were on, on the beach, and the Islamic terrorists were there, and they had knives at their necks, and they say, deny Christ. And uh, they said, we, we love Yeshua. We believe in Yeshua. You know, they, they would not deny Christ. And they slit their throats, and now those guys are in heaven. So we are, we are called to that. You know, the seeds of the church are the blood of the martyrs, and it's never easy for Christians. Sometimes it's a little tougher than other times. Uh, so while, while we don't owe people a, uh, an answer, as things become more direct, 
you need to you need to defend your faith or you won't you know if you if you deny the Lord then he will deny you on you know, I think he says that somewhere in a book from Hannah hey Michael I'm a college student in the United Kingdom I think that's the equivalent to high school junior year that's true I know it's very difficult you Brits with all your words that mean different things in American I was studying in the library this morning when a class came in and the teacher started telling them very matter-of-factly that George Floyd's death was a racially motivated murder and that America is a racist country. I have one friend who shares the same conservative values as me, but she goes to a different college, so sometimes I feel quite alone. Quite is actually another word that in, uh, in America can mean very, but in Britain can mean a little bit. That's a, okay, anyway, enough pedantic language talk. Uh, you know where you can get some non-pedantic, very gripping language talk? In my upcoming book, Speechless, Control, Control, like, Words, Controlling Minds, available now, by the way, for pre-order. <laughs> there it is. There's that bell. Uh, everyone else seems to have very far-left views. Do you think I should stand up for my beliefs more or just keep my head down and get through college? Thanks for all you do. P.S. Just, oh, <laughs> she gave me a plug too. Just pre-ordered Speechless. So there it is. I guess that's a separate one. I guess it's a similar answer to the previous question this on politics. You don't need to, and it may not be even prudent, to go, you know, flaunting your politics constantly all the time, being very flamboyant about it, wearing the hat, the MAGA hat at the water cooler or something. But likewise, I wouldn't hide who you are tacitly or or explicitly. I wouldn't lie. And you you do need to start practicing integrity now. Integrity is one of these things that you got to work on. You know, it's like virtue and vice. They're habits. The more you do them, the more you'll do them, the easier they become. Um, so I, I wouldn't hide it. And you'll get lower grades and you'll, you'll perhaps be ostracized from your classroom. Uh, but I would be prudent. We're called to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So I'm not, I'm not saying you should be wise as a dove and innocent as a serpent. But, but you should, when it comes down to it, you should have integrity and stand up for what you believe. Next question from John. Hold the phone. George Will thinks that representatives are scared of their voters. Am I missing something? Isn't that better than the voters being scared of the government? Let me know what you think. That's a good point. George Will said on one of the leftist shows, George Will, a former Republican, former conservative. Now, I think he's a Libertarian Party member or an independent. George Will said, the GOP is scared of its voters and uh, they've lost all their credibility and all their integrity. Well, yeah, it's good to be a little scared of your voters. You should still exercise your judgment, by the way. In representative government, we don't elect people so that they just do whatever we tell them to do all the time. We are electing their judgment. I mean, this is an insight that Edmund Burke made. Um, but we, we should make sure that our elected officials know who sent them there. And if they consistently just diss us and ignore what we want, and then, then we should boot them out. That's a very good thing. Good point. You make a far better point than George Will did on that show. From Suzanne, I'm a new mother to an eight-month-old girl with a second on the way. Wow, congratulations. That's great. I waited until I was 36 to have my first child, and that is a regret in itself. But my real trouble is that I got into a whirlwind romance with a coworker and decided that trying to have a baby was what I wanted because I was getting older and feeling lonely. No, I think this happens to a lot of women. I got pregnant. We married five months later. We decided to try for another quickly so our children can have one another. He's a good man. He's a hard worker. He loves me and the family, but I don't love him. I realize now we don't have very much in common and his family is relatively awful. Relatively. That's a good, that's a pun. That was good. Did you do that intentionally? I think love has to be, oh, sorry. I am determined to never be a divorcee and to provide for our children with a stable two-parent home. I think love has to be the foundation and not something you strive for after rash decision-making. Any advice on how I should proceed and how to make my marriage work? Thank you so much. I don't want to downplay true love. You know, I, I got to marry the one. I got to marry sweet little Elisa, who just is the sort of transcendent love of my life and this has been for a long time. And even when we were split up for some years in there, uh, you know, she was still there. She was still kind of floating, floating in the ether. And so then we got together and that's a happy ending to the story. And not everybody gets that. And it sounds like you didn't get that. Romantic love and even more than romantic love, you know, this kind of deeper feeling of kinship, the idea that this is your soulmate, the other, other side of your person. Not everybody gets that. Probably most marriages in history have not been based on that. And there have been many great marriages within those things. Marriage is a fact. As when we were answering the question from uh, Adriano earlier about how can he forgive himself, he did this terrible thing, he's received absolution, but, you know, and it's, when he made the decision, it was a very complex decision anyway in the sense that uh, I think any of us could understand making that decision, even if we know it's objectively wrong, any of us would feel a, a, a pull to do it. 
Um, and now God's forgiven him, but he can't forgive himself. And now what do you do? Our faith is one that is sacramental. It's real. We, to, to use a technical term, we're, we, we partake of a realist epistemology. It's not just heady stuff floating in the sky, and it's not just my feelings and my feelings. It's reality here. You are married. I think it's admirable. Look, you had some kids. That's great. That's a wonderful thing to get out of it. You say you never want to be a divorcee. Good. You shouldn't be a divorcee. You say he's a good guy, but you just don't, spark's not there. Well, that's fine. Maybe the spark doesn't need to be there. All of our loves, even our romantic love, is ultimately just a faint shadow of the tr- our true love, which is oriented toward God. That is where our highest love is, and we, we can sublimate all of these sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, you might, by the way, over time, you will, you can, and I suspect will, love this guy that you just decided to get knocked up and, you know, <laughs> have a kid. I, I think you can and will love him more if you work on that. That will happen. You know, when, when you see really happily married couples who've been married for 50, 60 years, they will say, almost all of them, they will say, you know, I love my wife today more than I loved her even on the day we were married. And that's true. I, I feel that way with my wife, you know. She probably doesn't feel that way about me. She thinks, oh, this guy, this mess, this bum, he doesn't do the dishes. But I, I certainly feel that way. And you can feel that way, I think, no matter how your marriage began. But the marriage is a fact, okay? And you, you've got a good a good thing going, even if, you know, he doesn't he doesn't, uh, you know, pull the romantic poetry out of you all the time, okay? And you can work on that because this is a real world and you're in a real sacrament. you got a real family and you should be grateful about that. And I suspect you are. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you on Monday. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Bory. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the Republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the Republic with me, Andrew Clavin.